Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. We're glad to have you here with us, joining us on this fine morning, afternoon, or night, whenever you may be listening to this one. Hope you're having a fantastic day. In this episode today, we're going to be talking about something that pertains both to the recent Ahsoka show, as well as just to the greater, growing, expanding Star Wars lore knowledge base that is, uh, again, ever-expanding. And so today our, our topic of discussion will be centered around the Mortis Gods. If you're not familiar with what that is, we'll give a pretty uh, brief, quick overview at, before we go into the discussion. And and so, and, and again, how that relates to the Ahsoka show. So uh, going to be a great episode today. We're looking forward to it very much. Some some deep lore in store for this one but uh before we get into all of that joey what's going on man you recently got back from twitchcon how that's was that's right yeah we're gonna get into that a little bit later but yeah it was a uh, it was a lot of fun and um yeah just getting out there yeah, yeah we're gonna talk about that in a little bit but it, it was definitely a lot of fun today i actually started running again after the first uh, nice. for the first time in like years so hopefully uh my knees don't fall off and my ankles don't break in, in the next uh, few months but yeah i'm trying to do this five a uh, couch to 5k training again just to get used to uh a little bit of activity there that's awesome man congrats yeah. how did how'd the first run go pretty good it was just like it was a pretty quick like you know 10 minute run i mean 10 minute run oh my god one minute run <laughs> uh one minute walk for like 10 times so it was it was pretty good nice that's awesome yeah. actually that's so funny i went to the gym for the first time in a while on what's today uh i went to the gym for the first time in a while on monday this week so nice something something in the air during this uh fall time of year or something it's awesome but, uh we're gonna hear from joey about how his time at TwitchCon was, but before we talk about that, if you're not already subscribed to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel, be sure to check us out over on YouTube. Thank you to the 340 of you who are subscribers over there. You can check out the video versions of the podcast on YouTube, as well as our other videos we do, including reactions to all new Star Wars shows as they come out. Additionally, you can email us anytime you like. HothHangout at gmail.com is where we are reachable. Shoot us your Star Wars questions or just any other questions. Otherwise, we'd love to display them and talk about them here on the podcast as well. Additionally, if you are an audio podcast listener, you can check out the Hoth Hangout podcast anywhere you get your pods, including Spotify and Apple. Make sure if you are an audio listener to leave us a five-star review on each of those platforms, wherever you may be listening. We would very much appreciate that so, so very much. Thank you in advance for leaving those reviews. Additionally, you can check out Hoth Hangout on all the socials, including Instagram, TikTok, and X. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, again, today we are going to be talking about the Mortis Gods. We Both of us watched the three-episode arc in Season 3 of The Clone Wars in preparation for today's episode. It's going to be a blast, but before we talk about that, of course, Joey, how was TwitchCon? Yeah, so TwitchCon was great. I, it was... A surprise to one of my friends. She didn't know I was coming, but I did. Uh, our good friend Givo was actually mm -hmm. there as well. So um, for those watching the video version of the podcast, there's a couple of pictures that I'll be showing with me and the Australian producer Gibbo here. He had he'd flown over for it. So it was a lot of fun just hanging out with him and grabbing a couple of drinks, talking some shop with po the podcast and other things. I've I've known Gibbo for a while, for about three years. 
So uh, to finally put, um, I, I knew what he looked like, but to finally actually hang out with him uh, was really, really fun. We were hoping we can get Ben over there, but it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, it was just a ton of fun. We were, you know, we just uh, hung out in the casinos. We had some drinks. And uh, during one of the times when we were walking around, we actually found a little toy store. Uh, and as you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. So <laughs> there's a little video here that we put up there. And uh, just me running towards the Star Wars, uh, all the Star Wars toys. So, yeah, it was Gibbos always in producer mode has like, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go over here and then we're going to do over there. You know, it was a lot of fun. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, me and Gibbo hanging out. Uh, it was a lot of fun over at uh, in, in Las Vegas, actually. Obviously, I don't know if I mentioned if I mentioned <laughs> TwitchCon was in Las Vegas, but it was a it was a lot of fun and uh, can't wait to do it again. Hopefully with all three of us next time. Definitely. Hopefully we can all three be in. If we're all ever three in the same place at the same time, I feel like it, we have to do a, an in-person podcast. Yeah, that'd be so great. But yeah. How was uh, how was the Star Wars toy store? Did you pick up anything there? Actually, no, I did not. Um, I didn't pick up anything there, but th there was a card shop that was there. Um, oh. And whenever I travel, I like to go to the local hobby shops. And so, of course, I had to pick something up, and it's something we probably should break on the podcast at some point. This is a, I got to see the name here. I think it's ca cacao. Like um, chocolate? Yeah. Um. Well, it's like, it's a, actually a Chinese, yeah, ca cacao. It is a Chinese uh, card company that came up with this Disney 100 uh, Star Wars product. And I'm pretty excited to open this up. So maybe we could open this up uh, pretty soon so we could uh, enjoy the cards. I know we had a pretty good fun when we opened up the super box of the flagship product from Tops. But here's uh, another little thing that we got here. So I think it would be a good one to, to break here on the podcast. Star Wars box break coming soon. <laughs> That's right. Are they like normal cards inside of it? How does no, it work? Yeah, it's the same thing like you saw last time. Like the, But they're like all like the chromium type of cards as well. Mm. And then it's the same thing. You can get hollows. You can get colored hollows, things like that. So hopefully we get something pretty nice in this one. Nice. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's break. Yeah, I think it's only ten packs, five cards. So it should be a much shorter break than the thirty-minute thing we <laughs> went through last time. Yeah. Check out the uh, last box break we did here on the channel. That was, I think it was, yeah, but over half an hour box break. And was, we had planned for like a five minute one, and it yeah, was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. it was so fun though. It was so fun. Maybe we turned yeah. this into a twenty minute one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is this a? By the way, is this the official face reveal for Gibbo on the Hoth Hangout channel? I think so. Yeah, I think this was the oh. official first uh, face reveal. I didn't fully get his permission to do so, but I guess here we are. <laughs> <laughs> If you're uh, if you're listening to this and there's not a video version that exists, you know why. <laughs> my bad, my bad, Gibbo. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time in in Vegas at TwitchCon, and uh, hopefully at some point, whether it's at TwitchCon or anywhere in the future, uh, we can all you know three be in the same place at some point. Yes. Hey, 2024 Chicago Marathon. Just Come saying, on. we could do it. Come on, Gibbo. We just get on board. We just got to get Gibbo back to the states for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, again, I'm glad you guys had a, a great time in Vegas. That looked like a ton of fun. Love love the video, especially the of you <laughs> going into the card shop. So, uh, we also had a comment that we wanted to share from our the the one the only Aunt Vesuvi. 
the comment, of course, referencing last week's episode. If you didn't manage to catch last week's episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast, we did a deep dive into the Kanan comic book series called Kanan the Last Padawan. Uh, and Aunt Vesuvi's response to last week's podcast and discussion, uh, Aunt Vesuvi says, many thanks to Ben and Joey. Enjoy your holiday gibbo. Well, I didn't read the comic. I had the comic read to me. What can I say? I'm spoiled rotten. Sounds since fun. y'all didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, since y'all didn't seem to recognize the Edgar Allan Poe reference regarding my recent binge, did y'all enjoy the haunting of Hill House? Everything Mike Flanagan does is brilliant. The fall of the House of Usher is among the top tier of his TV series. Doctor Sleep is my favorite of his cinematic offerings. Halloween season would be a perfect time to get your heart rates up. Hashtag Hoth Hangout, hashtag Star Wars, hashtag Star Wars comments, hashtag Kanan, the last Padawan. So Amasuvi had the comic book read too. I would like to know if there were like voices for each, you know, if, if, you know, if it was yeah. like an audio book where they were changing their voices for each of their characters. I would, I, would like to, I would like to have seen that. And actually, I would have liked to have been there to be read to as well. I didn't know if Amasuvi meant that it was like an app reading this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Or if this was like someone in her personal life reading this. I like, I'm not I like, sure, to, th- but... I like to think it was somebody in her personal life. That That's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, the the house that uh, the the fall of the house of Usher, the show that Amasuvi mm-hmm. was talking about, I haven't seen. But the other two, The Haunting of Hill House and Dr. Sleep are, are both some favorites of mine from mm, the nice. past few years. So. Um, nice. Some some recommendations there, courtesy of Aunt Vesuvi, if anyone is listening and and you're a fan of the uh, you know the horror genre of of uh, shows or movies, feel free to check any of those out. They're they're great stuff. Anything Mike Flanagan does is, is great. So uh, again, thank you to Aunt Vesuvi for that comment. We appreciate you very much. Uh, thank you for always providing your your insights and for listening to the podcast. Well, Joey, do you think we should hop into some Mortis Gods discussion? I I I that thing sounds like a great idea. This is this is a fun one for me because I I don't know how you feel about this, but Mortis Gods is something that feels um very lore based in the sense that it is a bit of a deeper take. Like mm-hmm. yes, fans who have seen Clone Wars know who these people are, but if you haven't seen Clone Wars and your first time you might not even realize you were exposed to them in Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. But basically the final scene of Ahsoka where Balin uh, walks out on the hand of that big stone figure. That's actually the father, as as we know from having seen the Clone Wars show. And so mm-hmm. um, just my very brief, I'm going to try to do this in like 20 to 30 seconds pitch. Um, the Mortis gods are from a three-episode arc of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is in season three. I believe it's episodes 15, 16, and 17. Uh, And you're introduced to not only the daughter and the son, but also the father. And they kind of make up this trifecta of the embodiment of the Force, more or less. The daughter representing the light, the son representing the dark, and the father representing the balance between the two. And so that is a very general overview kind of where we're going to start with our discussion today. Uh, and I would also preface it too, that if anyone hasn't seen the Clone Wars, uh, these three episodes in particular are probably going to be crucially important towards understanding the second season of Ahsoka. Uh, and so I would, at the very least, encourage you to watch these three episodes, if not the entire show. So um, before we get into the specifics of the episodes themselves that we watched today, 
or that we watched in preparation for today's podcast. What are your general thoughts on the on the Mortis gods? I'm curious. Watching the sh- these episodes again with knowing that it's part of Ahsoka, and I, I I remember watching them originally and them being easily maybe that one of the top five arcs in Clone Wars, maybe top three, uh, and because it it brings in a lot of. And you'll see some flashbacks, flash forwards, you know, kind of, you know, what what things are to come in the in the life of Anakin. So I, I think that it's just uh, it was it was so well done. I, I can't believe this is an animated series, the way they did this, you know, because it's so well written. It's so the way it ties into everything and how it will continue to tie into everything. Remember, we, we got a little bit of of these three in Rebels as well. Mm-hmm. So, um they you know they are going to be a big part of this universe if you and it was introduced in the animated series so now now that we have it in the live action um i'm just excited where they're going to end up going with it yeah there's also after watching these three episodes especially in the first episode i think there were some seeds planted in there i was like oh dave you sly dog i didn't even mm-hmm. you know cuz these are the first time we've watched this since watching ahsoka and so to hear some things now with the knowledge we have about the way Ahsoka has played out, you you see how he is connecting things in some way or mm-hmm. another. And I'll try to point a few of those out throughout our discussion today. One of them actually happened relatively early on in the episode. It was something that Obi-Wan said, and uh, I'll bring it up here in a second. But uh, kind of the, the three-episode arc takes place on this planet and i use planets in quotations because we're not really sure if this is somewhere that physically exists within the star wars galaxy or this is like a state of uh like like a emotional plane or a spiritual plane Mm. yeah consciousness we don't even really know exactly where this is taking place um all that we know is that this arc opens up with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka sort of investigating this transmission that the Jedi Council has received from beyond the Outer Rim. And it's a really old transmission, which is kind of that first inkling of, ooh, there's some mm-hmm. intrigue there. Like, why is there, there this 2,000-year-old transmission being used? And so It's, a, it's an old one, but it checks out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so ultimately, their ship is moving towards this transmission point uh, and kind of the the very beginning of of the arc is them saying they're at the rendezvous point. Rex, Captain Rex, is also saying he's at the rendezvous point, but they're not seeing each other. So clearly, mm-hmm. there's something that's off. And we later learn that it's the father, the one that keeps the balance between the daughter and the son, who has sent this message in order to try to uh, reach out to Anakin, who he you know has heard as the chosen one. And so they fly the ship towards this giant. It almost looked like a giant holocron, this huge right, diamond that's where structure. I was too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, you know, as they approach it, all three of them black out, uh, which would normally spell disaster, but they wake up in this state of confusion and the ship has been landed and everything seems to be fine. Uh, the first thing I wanted to point out and, and ask you about is what Obi Wan says shortly thereafter when they awaken mm-hmm. is that he says, I can't even lock down where in the galaxy we are. Or, or if we if are, we are in, in our galaxy, yep. or, or if we are in our own galaxy, 
-hmm. And so that's that first kind of like, you know, putting the seed in that Dave did because now we're in Ahsoka and we're like, here is this other galaxy. So, exactly. you know, whether Mortis is this place that physically exists or not, the concepts and the ideas around Peridia, I think in some way or another are connected to this, this idea that there is a galaxy that exists outside the galaxy we, we know as Star Wars fans. Um, and so, you know, they get out of the ship. They're greeted by the first of these beings. The Ones, I think, is also one of the names that they're referred to as, these Mortis gods. Uh, and so the first one they're greeted by here is the daughter. And she first th one of the first things she asks, she asks Anakin if he is the one. Uh, Anakin is a little bit confused, and so she agrees to lead them to him. And at first, mm -hmm. she doesn't even really specify who him is. Oh, we later learn that this is the father that she's referring to and that she is leading Anakin to him as part of his plan to sort of test Anakin to see if he really is the chosen one, which is sort of the whole structure of the first episode of this show. Um, the interesting thing about Mortis, I don't even think they know the name of it at this point in the episode, but uh, the seasons are changing with the day. There's no animals on this planet. And Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka can all sense that the Force is just really strong in this place. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is at this point, the daughter confides in them that she's taking them to see the father and that they, the three immortal beings, these Mortis gods, are the ones who are the power. Now, this is something I wanted to ask you about, too. This is kind of another way that Dave is tying in the Ahsoka show to the Mortis God's arc of Clone Wars, um, Balin, this whole season of the first season of Ahsoka, is talking about there is a power greater. Like he seeks something greater than what Thrawn or Morgan Elsbeth or the Night Sisters are after. Uh, and he's very cryptic and vague about it. But of course, we learn at the end of the season that in some way or another, what he is seeking is related to the Mortis Gods. What did you think about that bit of connection? I loved it. And <laughs> just to just to see that yeah, that higher power that you're speaking of. Cause when you introduce these through in, in these three into Clone Wars into the Star Wars lore, you didn't really think there was anything higher than the Emperor, you know, Vader, you know, Luke Skywalker, you know, th those types of beings. But they're here these three beings that kind of that embody the force, right? And because of their little family quarrels, um, <laughs> you know, there could be a little bit of imbalance between, you know, in the force and, you know, you see it, uh, you know, I, I may be jumping the gun a little bit here, but the, the reason that the father brings Anakin here is because, you know, essentially he wants to have him be a part of all of this, you know, and mm -hmm. be and replace him uh, to, to be that balance, just as the prophecy had said. So, uh, to to tie this back to Balin, I how does I I just want to know where he figured all of this out and you know because it, that's that's where we are right and is is this a version of Pridia is this you know like what what are we looking at here you know because um, as far as I know because as far as I mean we we have seen murals and such of the of the mortis gods obviously again in rebels mm -hmm. 
Um, but how are they getting there? How is the information being spread about these particular gods? And how did Balin get that information and where to go? And yeah, there's just so much that this opens up. Um, and it's very enjoyable going back to this now. And reliving all of this and kind of seeing like, oh, and because it, this, it gets a little dark in, here and there in this, um, yeah. in these three uh, uh, episodes, this ep- these three episode uh, arc. So to to see all this again was kind of surprising, to be honest, because I'm like, oh, wow, I don't remember really this part, you know. Uh, but to, to, to what you're saying about Balin, I think, I think we're just going to, it just gives us more opportunity to learn more about the Mortis Gods. Um, just like kind of what we, what happened when we saw the night sisters again in Ahsoka, you know, it's just, it's kind of that same feel where something that was introduced in the animated series is kind of showing the hair up now. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see where we go with this one for sure. Yeah. I think in some way or another, like these Mortis gods had contact with the Jedi at one point in time. I mean, how Mm -hmm. else would the father like send this message that is this 2,000-year-old message. Like, clearly there was some sort of familiarity or, or you know, uh, cordialness with the Jedi 2,000 years prior to his time when he sent this message to Anakin. Mm-hmm. And so judging from that, like, the Jedi have probably interacted with these beings at some point in history. And perhaps there's, you know, holocrons that Balin found when he was a Jedi, and he's like, what is this about? Um, you know, like there's the really off chance that he somehow found it out from Anakin or Obi-Wan or Ahsoka. Probably not Ahsoka because, you know, the two hadn't met prior to their oh, right. uh, time in Ahsoka. But I don't know. Th- there's there's a couple different directions they go could go there. And it's it's all a little bit up in the air, you know, surrounding the uh, untimely uh, death of actor Ray Stevenson who portrays Balin. And so I, I would love to talk a little bit more about Balin's role as it relates to the Mortis gods going into season two of Ahsoka. But I, I think maybe we can touch on some hypothes- hypothesizing and, and theorizing yeah. uh, at the end of today's episode, uh, because there's a lot of crazy ones out there that, ah. you know, more or less I could see happening uh, in season two of Ahsoka. But um, to kind of pick back up with the episode uh, shortly after the daughter has led them, you know, up this mountain, there's this rock slide. Anakin and the daughter are separated on one side of it. Ahsoka and Obi-Wan are separated on the other side of it. There's also a weird moment in here that I didn't remember where Anakin saves her by Mm -hmm. sort of like pushing her out of the way of the rock slide. And she says something to him like, it's forbidden to touch me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noted it down and I was like, huh, I didn't remember her saying that the first (laughs) time I watched this. Yeah. And then I was like waiting for it to kind of like relate to the rest of Something. the episode and i mean anyone listening out there correct me if i'm wrong i didn't feel like there was some arc or some piece of the arc where it was like if you touch them then you die you know like mm-hmm. right. i didn't really get that i just wanted to throw that out there and pose the question to anyone um but ultimately anakin and, and the daughter are separated from obi-wan and ahsoka uh, he saves her from the rockfall which she also says was probably started by her brother uh, so then Obi-Wan and Ahsoka go back to look for the ship. It's missing, and that's where Obi-Wan and Ahsoka meet the brother. Uh, and he says to them, is it true he is the chosen one? He, of course, meaning Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is another point to point out. 
the way that Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka think about kind of the nature of good and evil is so uh, binary when it comes mm -hmm. to like Jedi versus Sith. In fact, the first question, I think out of Obi-Wan's mouth, or the first statement maybe, he says, you are Sith right. to the brother. Uh, and, and his answer, of course, is ultimately like a, it depends or sort of, but not really. He says, <clears throat> yes and no. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, well, what the heck does that mean? And so you can kind of sense the confusion perhaps uh, within Obi-Wan to that response. And so uh, meanwhile, Anakin and the daughter have gone to this monastery and met the father who Anakin learns is the one that keeps the balance between the daughter and the son. Uh, and meanwhile, after this encounter with the brother, Obi-Wan has an encounter with Qui-Gon, which I did mm -hmm. not remember was part of this I arc. I about that as well. In fact, Qui-Gon is in this arc twice. Mm -hmm. He's in it once with Obi-Wan, and I think he's either in the second or third episode with Ahsoka. Um, Anakin. Or okay. Anakin, I'm sorry, not, not Ahsoka, yes. And he's, you know, encouraging him, and it's when Anakin is deciding whether to go after the brother or the, uh, the son, mm -hmm. and uh, he's like, you know, should I kill him? And and Qui-Gon says something really cryptic like, you know, do what you... I, I don't <laughs> remember. Remember your training. Remember your training. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Real quick, did, but, you, did you get yeah. any World Between Worlds vibes in the monastery? Yeah, a little bit. You mean like the mm -hmm. color aesthetic or just kind of how it looked? Yeah. Or just, just kind of everything? Just like the the... There was like one part that actually had like it looked like portals. I don't know if you remember seeing mm, that at all. I didn't catch it. I yeah. I could definitely believe it though. Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd I'd have to rewatch it and and check on that. But um, I mean it's it's pretty fair to assume that a lot of the stuff they did with the portals and rebels and the way they depict the world between worlds was largely taken. Uh, they took that inspiration from this arc of Clone Wars. So, um, Obi uh, Qui Gon, by the way, tells Obi Wan that the planet is an amplifier and a magnet for the Force. Uh, he then warns Obi Wan that it is dangerous for Anakin to be here. And so, uh, ooh, is this from Joey? Is this a screenshot you mm -hmm. just sent me from? That's a screenshot this? from from the monster. Wow, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, good catch. Yeah, that's definitely some world between worlds <laughs> vibes. We'll um well maybe we'll we'll throw the the picture on Twitter or Instagram or something that way mm -hmm. those of you listening if you're interested in knowing what picture we're talking about you'll have a place where you can see it. Um, but Qui Gon also warns Obi Wan that it's dangerous for Anakin to be here concerning you know the father's plan for for him and so uh one of the interesting scenes from this episode that I also didn't remember is that Anakin sees his mother in this mm -hmm. sort of vision or dream. It's really just the brother disguised as his mother. Um, and there's almost this warning against Padme as part of this before it sort of turns a little darker and then the brother reveals himself to be Shmi Skywalker kind of trying to, you know, put this this, uh, this seed of doubt within Anakin. And so and Ahsoka also has a vision in this episode where she sees her future self. Mm-hmm. Um, the future self warning against the seeds of the dark side that Anakin has sown in her. So what did you think about this part of the episode? Because <clears throat> did this did this exist outside the daughter and the son? Is the, is this place just so imbued with the force 
that she just had this vision of her future self like warning her yeah i was a, i'll be honest i was a little confused because the, the you have one one store one part of it with with obi-wan and qui-gon qui-gon being the forest ghost then you have shmi being you know the sun um they're kind of trying to manipulate anakin and then this older version of ahsoka which i thought was really cool because if you saw her like her head tails they were like super long and just like things like that and i just loved seeing that and um it was still obviously ashley Eckstein uh voicing the older uh, yeah. ahsoka but I, I so i was a little confused that what are we supposed to think of of her particular vision you know where did that did that really manifest from the force or you know where that came from because all the other ones kind of had a source uh, right. the, the forest ghost, um, the sun actually being Shmi. Well, you know, where did this come from? So I was, but also pretty cool though, because it, you know, warns her again of, you know, what is inevitable in our eyes. We know that Anakin will eventually become Vader <clears throat> and to see her warn herself. I just thought it was, I thought it was a great way to, to warn herself. You know, I just, ah, oh, man, it, it was, it was good stuff. One of the, one of the kind of fascinating parts about this episode is there's just so much that actually deals with the, I'm going to keep calling it a planet for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. the planet of Mortis itself. Um, I feel like it just adds a lot of depth to the way we think of the force. And I think this mm -hmm. was like one of the first times in Star Wars where we really got to see what the Force is. Not what we can do with the Force or how the Force affects us, right. but really like what it is at its core. Um, this episode is just so foundational to sort of just like all of Star Wars as a whole when you think about, you know, good and bad, balance, the Force in general. Um, and so I guess to continue real quickly with the rest of the episode, because we're almost through the, the first one here, uh, Anakin meets the father, and the father says, I am neither Sith nor Jedi. I am so much more, and so are you. He, of course, alluding to the fact that he wants Anakin to take his place as the chosen one. I should also mention that he stops Anakin's lightsaber with his bare hands in this yeah. part. But you're like, oh, okay, he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's strong, though. <laughs> There's trouble here. Yeah. Uh, he tells Anakin that he and the daughter and the son have been living as uh, sort of these recluses here in this realm apart from the world. And he has separated his children and along with himself from the world in order to, you know, ultimately preserve the world from a potential disaster. And so it's also at this time that he tells Anakin he has one test that he needs to pass in order for Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka to leave. And so part of this test is that the daughter brings. Ahsoka to this like arena and the son brings Obi-Wan to the arena on opposite sides uh, with the father and Anakin in the middle and Anakin and we is... should mention that they don't just like drive them there they they turn yeah, they, into these giant slash things yeah things yeah it's a uh, th that was kind of a shock that they that they do that every now and then I, I that was that part was a little bit I don't know I didn't really like that part of it I guess you know it, it's kind of random to me yeah, I think it was a tool to kind of just accelerate the plot of the mm -hmm. episode. 
Like, oh, how are we going to get them from there to there? I know. We'll make them turn into a giant animal so that we can just fly them there. Right. I also, I remember that the brother did it or that the son did it. Uh, but I had forgotten that this, that the daughter also turned into one of those, you know, griffin creatures too. So hmm. um, they bring them to this arena. Anakin is forced to choose between them. The father says, you know, choose one to live, choose one to die. Uh, and Obi-Wan kind of encouraging Anakin. And if, well, first he says, you know, like save Ahsoka, don't worry about me. And gives him a word of advice that the planet is the force. And so, you know, Anakin kind of uses this knowledge to subdue both the son and the daughter. I thought he did it relatively easy too, mm-hmm. considering like how strong they portray these Mortis gods to be. Anakin just like goes beast mode <laughs> and like forces both the son and the daughter to bow to him. Uh, and so the father is impressed and he's like, you truly are the chosen one. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't say that exactly, but <laughs> more or less. And so, um, Anakin, having passed his tests, make the de- makes the decision to leave with Obi-Wan and Ahsoka rather than take his place. The father accepts this, but he also says, leave and your selfishness shall haunt you and the galaxy. So clearly he wants him to take his spot, but he's not going to force him to take his spot. And this is mm-hmm. kind of where the first episode uh, leaves off. Is there anything you want to mention uh, in regards to sort of the ending of that episode, or should we hop into the... Uh, the second of these three episodes. Yeah, and and at the end of there, you 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 know the reason that the father wants Anakin to do this is because the father is kind of confessed that he's dying or he's mm-hmm. he's no longer able to bring that balance to the force, especially with these two kids. They're running around, you know, getting he's getting all yeah. the gray hairs. I feel it, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I think uh, I think. Uh, it's it's funny that you know as a father I I, I watch this and I'm like yeah that's <laughs> I'd feel the same way just let me just let me sleep you know let me rest, um, but yeah I think yeah the the end of this was you're just like okay then now what you're just gonna leave and obviously it being a three episode arc you know there was more to come, yeah, yeah it's also interesting how a character like the father not to mention the son and the daughter who are immortal can like progressively get weaker i was also like um i don't know if that's how immortality works <laughs> but sure okay right um so the next episode opens up and anakin is having a dream of the sun uh and that uh he will destroy you know the the sun is basically saying to him we'll destroy the sith and the jedi uh, and Anakin doesn't want to go along with this, of course. And so in response, the son kidnaps Ahsoka. Anakin and Obi-Wan are forced to crash land, uh, narrowly missing a tower, I might add. Uh, and this is like one of the few comedic moments from this entire arc is it's like, I saw the tower, you know, I saw it the whole time, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, so Ahsoka is imprisoned by the sun, and there's this weird little like gremlin creature that the sun turns into. Uh, yeah, you you described it as a troll. It's yeah. probably a little bit closer to a troll than a gremlin. Yeah. Um, and so because Ahsoka is bitten, she's kind of, I don't even know what you want to call it, like overcome with the darkness that mm-hmm. that the sun sort of embodies. And so you see her eyes turn yellow and, and she faints almost like she's being poisoned. And so um, we'll see here later on in the episode just what that effect has on her. 
Meanwhile, the son goes to the father to sort of confront him, uh, attacks him with his, I don't want to call it Sith lightning, because he's technically not a Sith, but mm -hmm. his dark side lightning, and uh, tells the father, I hate you, which was also very reminiscent of the way that Anakin says yes. to Obi-Wan on Mustafar. That was another thing I wanted to point out. Um, and oh, so there'll meanwhile... Be, there'll be more Mustafar later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, meanwhile, Anakin is imploring the daughter to help them stop the son. The daughter, in response to this, you know, she's like, well, you're probably right. Uh, she takes Obi-Wan to the altar of Mortis to retrieve the blade of Mortis. This is another part of this arc that I did not remember. Mm -hmm. um, that, that They had to have this blade because this was one of, like, the only way that you could kill a immortal Mortis god is with this blade that existed mm -hmm. on the altar. And so... Uh, I, I believe the daughter's exact quote is, he who wields the blade will control the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, Anakin goes to rescue Ahsoka. Ahsoka tells Anakin, you must join him, him being the sun. Obi-Wan then joins Anakin to try to help Ahsoka, bringing the blade of Mortis with him. The daughter and the son then begin to fight. The father then interrupts the son and the daughter fighting. Uh, but we also learn that the son is too strong for the father. The son then relinquishes his control of Ahsoka, having said that he has no use of her anymore uh, after she has returned the sword to the son. The son is then about to strike the father down with the sword of Mortis. But who is it that jumps in the way? The daughter. Mm -hmm. Who, ironically, we find out in the next episode, uh, the son says to her as she is you know, in her sarcophagus that, ironically, uh, she is the only one who he's ever really loved. And so, uh, again, flashback to the second episode here. The daughter jumps in the way of the blade. The son accidentally stabs her and ultimately uh, will kill her as well. But getting in the way of the father, the son is sort of in agony and, and fear and terror over this. And so he sort of just flies away <laughs> in, in anger at this point after accidentally killing her. And so uh, Ahsoka, actually, I should mention when she was released from the bond of the sun, she's, she's basically dying at this point or, or has died actually. Uh, and so as Ahsoka is laying there dead, the daughter is dying. The daughter says to her father that she'll give up her remaining life force in order to allow Ahsoka to live. And so fun fact for those that don't know, Ahsoka has actually died. Mm -hmm. um, Anakin sort of is the conduit between the two of them in this process with the father standing over him in that scene. And it's through Anakin that the daughter then imbues her life force into Ahsoka, which is sort of where the second episode concludes. And we should also mention this is why uh, at several points in Rebels, in The Mandalorian, in the Ahsoka live action show, uh, you see this owl who uh, I believe it's Ezra names Morai is following Ahsoka around. And this owl is like the embodiment of the daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is also where you get theories about, you know, will Ahsoka be the new daughter when it comes mm -hmm. to this, you know, season two of Ahsoka and this world on Peridia? And will Anakin be the new father? And who will be the son? Will Balin be the son? Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, I can't <laughs> help but talk about the theories. <laughs> but, uh, what did you think in regards to the end of this episode and this scene where the son accidentally kills the daughter, but the daughter before she dies gives her life force to Ahsoka in order to save her? So you're not going to like this part. 
Uh oh. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> no, no. It's I. I thought it was great, but um, if you remember, so and and this is a discussion point here. I mean, th- this type of this type of story that the way that you know uh, Ahsoka died and uh, the daughter, <clears throat> you know, essentially gave her life force to uh, Ahsoka through Anakin works pretty well in animated form you know the, the way the way it yeah. all goes right when people did not like it was in rise of skywalker when essentially that's what happened kind of back and forth with kylo and right <laughs> you make a good point you make you a know. good point and again being the animated series you know not everybody has seen it and i, I will admit i i completely forgot about this part as well um, but as a discussion point, I thought it was interesting that we're kind of all in for it here. And it, and it may be just because it's animated series versus live action, a movie, you know, mm-hmm. that will accept it a little bit more, you know. But as this is all canon, this, this is all of kind of the functions that you can do with the Force. Here's a great example of something that maybe doesn't translate as well. And don't get me wrong, I understand that not everybody liked Rise of Skywalker. Um, but that was, that was one of the points of contention there as well. Just like, well, what did this come from? And, you know, um, so I, I think it being in the animated series I mean, cause there are things that you can get away with, right. In the animated series, as opposed to live action. And I think this is, this is just one of those things that, um, this does not translate over. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it is that, there, like you said, there's certain things that translate a lot better in animation than in live action. If this was a live action scene, you would probably have some people looking at it thinking, what? He can do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it's animated, it kind of opens the world to certain levels of imagination that, you know, aren't almost aren't achievable in live action form. And so that's 100% definitely a piece of it. The only rebuttal I would have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that Anakin is the chosen one, you know? So, okay. like, I feel like it makes more sense that he would be able to do it. But I, I totally get what you're saying, the point mm-hmm. you're making, that, like, if we if it can be done in live action and we can accept it so readily and so easily as something that can obviously happen because Star Wars... And like, why was there such a backlash to it in Rise right. of Skywalker, even though we'd seen it already at this point mm-hmm. in time? Right. So I, it's a good point to bring up. And maybe we should pose it to everyone listening too. Uh, if you're if you're listening or watching this one, uh, let us know <laughs> and in you the comments. And or... you haven't shut down this podcast after that comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know what your thoughts are in regards to uh, this scene as it relates to the scene in Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker, where. Uh, Ray and Kylo sort of use this same, not exact same, but you know, same imbuing life into another person, so to speak, and just uh, your your general thoughts on that. So, the third and final episode of the arc, we learn that the ship is almost too damaged to take off, and that Ahsoka is uh, needed in order to repair it, and so the decision is made by Ahsoka, Anakin, and Obi Wan to try to repair the ship in order to leave Mortis. Uh, but Anakin first, I, I thought this was maybe one of the weaker points of the arc. 
is that in this process of seeking to repair the ship, Anakin's like, you know what? I do need to go back to the father and, you know, in order to address the brother, <laughs> because the daughter has died, the brother is now like shifted the balance of power between light and dark. And he is now growing stronger. Um, and so Anakin's like, well, let's go, let's go talk to the father. I'm like, yeah, I guess, but also, <laughs> don't you want to leave? <laughs> right, right. So I, I didn't feel like Anakin's, um, you know, reasoning or or desire to go do that was like backed up in a way that made a ton of sense. But I was like, I, I, I can forget that. So, um, it's also at this time that the father is burying the daughter again after she was killed by son at the end of the second episode of this three episode arc uh and so it's at this point that the father also very grimly this is another uh you know points to another part of the darker scenes in the, in this episode that you were talking about earlier the father's like i know what i must do i must kill this i must kill my son and you're like holy cow is this a kid's show <laughs> uh did this give uh, you yeah. this ritual and you know, because you know we have the picture here of her in her um, her final resting place here with her holding that the uh, the blade. It gave me a little bit of Harry Potter vibes with the Elder Wand. I don't know yeah. if you, you were thinking about that at all. That's a good shout. Yeah, totally. There's there's definitely some some Dumbledore esque qualities to this scene, uh, like the Elder Wand being the most powerful wand, the Sword of Mortis being this. Mm -hmm all-powerful blade that can destroy the immortal uh yeah I, there's definitely some parallels there and maybe even correct actually this might have been well before. no no the this, book this came out before harry potter 7 the movie or maybe it would be six the end of episode six anyway uh, episode i'm you can tell i live in star, <laughs> star wars, wars world and not in and not in harry potter world uh but Harry Potter was written before this show ever came out. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe maybe they did get it from Harry Potter. You never know. Dave, we caught you. You're, yeah. You were cheating. You're cheating Dave's on your quiz. stealing some stuff from the Harry <laughs> Potter universe. This is also the point in the arc where Qui-Gon reappears for the second time and speaks to Anakin, and he instructs him to go to the place that is strong in the dark side of the Force, which we learn is hidden deep within the planet, a.k.a. Fake Mustafar. Yeah, 2.0. <laughs> yeah, Mustafar 2.0. Or maybe, I guess that would be the beta version. We're not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Anakin goes there to confront the son, and the son says that he has a gift for Anakin, and he shows him his future, and this is where Anakin learns that he will become Vader. And this is, like, hugely foundational to who Anakin is as a character. Um, slightly less so because he, spoiler alert, but the last part of the episode will inevitably forget that he has this information in his head. The father will cause him to forget these memories. Um, but it is a, it's weird. It's like, you know what happens to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. You're like, okay, he, this is like how his downfall begins, right? Like, it, it's so interesting because in this episode, you literally see him turn to the dark side mm -hmm. to do what he right. thinks is right. Uh, but you're like, wow, when he turns to the dark side in Revenge of the Sith, he has literally turned to the dark side before this this has happened, and he right. just doesn't remember doing it. Um, 
which is just kind of a little bit mind-blowing to me. I don't know if you felt the same way about that or not, but I was like, oh, wow, oh, he yeah. hasn't done this before. Right, right. And it's it's real familiar to see it all yeah. like in this. And because the way the son manipulates him was very much how the emperor did, you know, um, just saying that, you know, you could you could prevent this if you join me. You know, if you join yeah. me, uh, the, the son actually says, you know, we could we can kill this emperor that has done this. We can mm-hmm. kill all the Sith. We can k- kill all the Jedi. And even the way that uh, Anakin says, you know, what about, you know, will this bring forth peace or whatever the, you know, mm-hmm. he, it very much reminds me of when he finally turns uh, and becomes Darth Vader and for, for from the emperor, you know, right. just the way he even says that it was very similar. So it was uh, it was well done. Yeah, I mean, which also speaks to just the balance within Anakin is that, yes, he is a bad guy in the original trilogy, but his original intention for becoming a bad guy was out of a sense of, like, seeking peace or seeking goodness or seeking Mm -hmm. to help, um, whether it was Padme or whether just more largely the the galaxy uh, in order to, quote-unquote, bring peace. And so... Right. Let me me bring in one other parallel that I, I noticed here as well. This dark, um, this area, I think they called it a well of the dark side that mm-hmm. ended up being the beta version of Mustafar. Um, reminded me <laughs> ag- again a lot of a, a sequel movie, Last Jedi, when mm. um, on there, there on Octo, it was, it was um, Luke and Ray. And remember, she was, you know, that was the, one of the first times that he's trying to, trying to train her and she's on, you know, sitting there on the rocks. And she goes straight to the to the dark place, if you remember, and uh. and so like it like exists on that island too. That you know we know that there was um, the Jedi books were there, and there was that Jedi tree or whatever, or the Force tree. So and even Luke says, you know, you know, great light, there's great darkness. So I thought that parallel there too, you know, as far as what we had seen, especially on this planet on Mortis or whatever you want to call it. You know, we saw destruction. We saw creation. I mean, these were words that they said in Rise of Skywalker. So, just thought I wanted to mention that again to see, nice. like, oh, they were they were really trying to tie these two together here. I like that. I like that shout out. I'll have to watch Last Jedi again and look for that again. I think I think I've really only seen Last Jedi two or three times ever, which is a little bit sad to say, but um, I'll have to give it a rewatch and specifically look for that. Which this is also a good opportunity for a quick teaser. Uh, we're hoping to maybe do an episode sometime in the near future where um, Joey's first exposure to Star Wars was the originals. Mine was the prequels. We're trying to find someone whose first exposure was the sequels, and uh, we sort of do an episode, you know, touching on several aspects of of each of those and what it was like being introduced with that particular part of Star Wars. And so, all that to say. Uh, maybe some sequel talk coming sometime in the near future, uh, probably from a, a third member of the podcast who is TBD at this point in time. But a uh, little, little little taste of of a future off hangout podcast episode right there for you. Uh, so back to the episode, the sun does show Anakin his future as Darth Vader, uh, and the sun again, as we've said, wants Anakin to join him to destroy the Emperor and restore peace, quote unquote. Anakin is then consumed by the dark side, and this is as Obi-Wan has gone to rescue him. Anakin says to Obi-Wan, the Jedi, it's the Jedi who will stand in the way of peace, which is also interesting because he says 
almost the exact same thing to Obi-Wan, you know, however, like a year after this or whenever, like on Mustafar. Actual Mustafar. Um, actual Mustafar <laughs> this time, yeah. Uh, and so Anakin and the son go to the ship while Ahsoka is then told by Obi-Wan to disable it to prevent them from leaving. Um, and so the father then, uh, as Anakin has separated from the son in order to go after Ahsoka, he meets the father at the ship, and it's the father who makes Anakin forget about these visions and uh, that he's had of himself as Vader and causes him to go to sleep and forget the whole experience with the son to the point where when he wakes up, he is like, you know, he's not consumed by the dark side and he is as he was before, like normal Anakin. So the father, I thought it was a little interesting how just easy it seemed that he was able to do this, but I was like, okay, you know, Anakin's cool now. Yeah. Um, and so the son goes to the daughter's grave for the sword of Mortis at, at this point in time and takes it. And then the fight ensues between with the son on one side and Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and the father all on the other side. And remember, at, at this point, the son is much stronger than he was in the previous episode because with the daughter's death, the son has grown in power because the dark side is outweighing the light side. And therefore, because he is the embodiment of the dark side, his power has grown even stronger enough to do away with his father. Uh, and so this fight ensues. And uh, again, another dark moment here. The father basically takes the sword of Mortis and uh, impales himself in order to stop the sun. I don't think it's super clear how the rules of leaving Mortis work when you're a Mortis god. But basically, the point that you need to know here is that by you know, killing himself with the sword, um, it prevents the sun from leaving. Mm -hmm. And so it's uh, it's in this process that the son also realizes like there's a little bit of like remorse from the son to the father. I want to say, what did you right, think about yeah. this scene? I, yeah, the way that he reacted, I and I guess I mean honestly, like you saying the rules here just now really doesn't make sense now because I didn't really get it either when that when it was all happening. But to to. But now knowing that the son's reaction to what the father had done to himself really does make sense um, because he because the son, all the son wanted to do was leave home and, you know, start a new life on, you know, Alderaan or somewhere else. Um, but clearly that um, dad wasn't having that. Dad did not want to do that. So we. We, we you know to to see his reaction to what had happened you know with the, with that uh it kind of makes like i said makes more sense what does again i i fully i don't understand all the rules again and you mentioned immortality because this ends up you know the end of this is is anakin just stabbing mortis the mortis son with a, just a regular lightsaber <laughs> you know what i mean i thought they needed right. this i thought they needed this the this dagger well and I thought, I think, you know, I, I or was it was he weakened because of um, the father doing that? You know, end up killing himself. Like, how? Why is it now that you know just a regular lightsaber was able to to uh, kill the Mortison? I think the the way they want you, like what they want you to think, or the way it's supposed to be viewed, is that the father almost holds the key to the daughter and the son. Mm. So. If there is no one to maintain the balance at all, if the father ceases to exist, 
then I think the son and the daughter also lose their immortality. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's a little bit of, you know, it's a, it's a show. But and so I will, I will, I will, embellished a little I will bit make this for, counterpart then. Yeah. Why the son keep trying to kill the dad then? <laughs> you know, he just kept trying. He yeah, kept saying he's that, old. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So it's just. That's you know. a great point. I, yeah, that's a great point. So the son like desperately wants to kill the father. The father does away with himself. The son reacts negatively, like, what have you done? And, uh, yeah, it is a little bit. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's, some, there's some haziness in there. It doesn't make total <laughs> sense. Right. Um, right. But ult ultimately, the son, at least the way I understand it, loses his immortality because the father has stabbed himself with the Sword of Mortis, which then, because he's lost the immortality, allows Anakin to then sort of sneak up from behind and, and strike him with his lightsaber and kill the son. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... Yeah, well, it was it, just it, the last episode that he was trying to do that with the sword himself. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Just because uh, the, he, you know, the, the the father did it himself, is that a different, is there a different rules around that, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know how that works. That, that's such a good point you raised. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to be thinking about that all night now, Joey. <laughs> We should also know it's at this point, right? I think it's right before Anakin kills the son, um, that the father says to the son, "I always knew there was good in you." Um, where, which was, where have we heard that before? Yeah, yeah. Maybe some some Luke to Anakin. I don't know. Um. So yeah, Anakin kills the son as he as he is consoled by the father, and so the father then dies and tells Anakin he has brought balance to this world and that he is the chosen one. So. Basically, the five-second summary of this entire three-episode arc is that here's the three Mortis gods. None of them made it out of the arc. <laughs> right. Yes. So technically, mm -hmm. there is balance because none of them are alive anymore. However, you can even call that into question. Like, are they, are they really dead? Like, do they still exist on some ethereal plane somehow as Force ghosts or embodiments mm -hmm. of the Force? I mean... We see that's kind of true in the case of the daughter with Morai uh, and yeah. the way that Morai follows Ahsoka around. And so, you know, as as to what extent they're really gone, we're not really sure. And we'll probably get to know more about that in season two of Ahsoka. Um, but, of course, the father tells Anakin, you know, he's brought balance to that world of Mortis and that um, that he is the chosen one. And so they sort of return out of this wherever they were, this spiritual, emotional plane of existence on Mortis. And uh, they awaken to Rex talking to them on the comm link, which is one of the last things that happened before they went into this other world. Uh, and Rex has said, you know, like a few seconds have passed where, you know, in their perception, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, it's been, I don't know, hours, days. We're not really mm -hmm. exactly sure, but longer than a few seconds for, for certain. And so... Three episodes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, three did yeah, three episodes. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, the planet explodes and the three are sent back to their ship uh from the beginning. That's sort of how the the arc concludes. And something I also didn't realize is how this arc is so is bookended in a way where it's really not ever touched again in Clone Wars and it's just it just like sits there. You're like what they're not we're not, we're not even going to talk about the fact that that was a that was an episode there so um yeah that's that's the overview of the three episodes and we could go into 
you know, hypothesizing and theorizing as we are approaching the one hour mark of this podcast. But did you have any just like overall summarizing thoughts that are just things we missed that you wanted to touch on about the Mortis Gods or this Mortis Gods arc? I mean, it was very entertaining to to watch this. And it really is. I mean, if you don't want to watch the full Clone Wars series, but you want to learn about the Mortis Gods in any way, this is a really easy hour, you know, that you could just sit down and watch these three uh, before you, we, I assume we dive into it a lot more in Ahsoka season two. So, mm-hmm. you know, the people that are, aren't so keen on the, uh, animated series this is this is the easy homework assignment for sure <laughs> less than an hour everyone if you haven't seen it just you gotta watch it season three episodes 15 16 and 17 of the clone wars uh, and just to tie it all back into ahsoka as we were talking about at the beginning of this episode um we see the end of season one of ahsoka balin we really didn't get to see a ton of in the finale uh, of of the first season called it um yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> he his final uh his final scene is he's walking on the outstretched palm of the father, and I think I actually switched it in our reaction to the episode. I think I thought it was the son whose statue had been <laughs> decapitated, uh, but it's actually the daughter whose statue is the one that is missing sort of the the neck up from that one. It's the son whose statue is fully intact, uh, and so. As you said, we're going to probably see a lot more Mortis Gods info in the second episode or in the second season of Ahsoka, rather. Um, and not to go too far into kind of uh, outside legends information, because if we did that, this episode would probably go for another 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, but there is a lot of speculation surrounding. You know, who is the new daughter, who is the new father, and who is the new son? Uh, We mentioned earlier that, you know, Ahsoka could potentially be the daughter, Anakin being the father, and the son maybe being Balin or or someone else who we are not even sure who that would be yet, uh, and it remains to be seen. I don't, if I had to guess, I don't think they'll go that route. Um, Something that another people have a lot, uh, um, that a lot of people have also speculated another theory is that there is going to be a a mother who comes into play i don't know joey if you're familiar with the uh with the name abeloth but this is this is like this great power that existed this ancient power that existed um she was originally i believe a servant of the daughter the son and the father and eventually like uh sought immortality and sought to be a Hmm. god like them but because she was mortal in the process of becoming a god, it like almost like twisted her mind. And then she oh. became this evil entity and overthrew the daughter, the son and the father. And so um, she exists kind of as like the not only the galaxy's ultimate evil, but like the whatever you call multiple galaxies, the entire you know universe is evil. Uh, and so there's lots of speculation that she might come into the play in wow. season two. Again, this is entirely yeah, speculation. There's like nothing concrete to back this up. Um, so that's another route they could go with with the plot of season two of Ahsoka. Um, I hope we get to see in some way or another the daughter, the father, and the son in live action oh, actual yeah. like people. I feel like that would be really cool. It would also bring a lot of 
validity to this arc in the Clone Wars and and maybe mm-hmm. even further inspire people to watch the Clone Wars show as well. So um just uh, just a really cool piece of Star Wars. If you've never seen Clone Wars, um do yourself a favor, watch three these three episodes and I think it's five episodes with Yoda where he's like journeying with the wills. Mm-hmm. You you learn so much about just what the force is in in these episodes and the yoda episodes um this is some of my favorite stuff about star wars like sure we all love watching luke fight vader watching obi-wan fight anakin in episode three watching darth maul you know fight obi-wan and qui-gon and phantom menace um but foundationally when we get information about how the universe functions Mm -hmm. how this you know this um this idea that is so central to Star Wars in in the Force, and how it is not just something that we use, but it is almost like a living being itself in some ways. That's what I enjoy learning about, and so um, this arc just brings a lot of life to the universe of Star Wars, and so um, that's my that's my pitch. Anyone yeah. out there who hasn't seen it yet, for a while you should watch it. But good good job, Dave. Good job, Dave. Dave Filoni, master storyteller. I, I still fully support Dave's goals and missions with uh with the second season of Ahsoka and tying it all into Clone Wars and whether it's Mortis God stuff or just anything else. So uh did you have any other thoughts before we pose a question to the viewers in response to our episode today? No, I just final thoughts is yeah, exactly what you said. We'll go watch this and do enjoy it. it. You will you will enjoy it. We would do it. Well, a question we would like to pose to all of you listening or watching today uh, is, do you like that the Mortis gods will be in live action? Uh, Whether we'll see them in physical bodies or not remains to be seen, but we've seen them in live action in statue form. And so they are now like very much part of this uh, Ahsoka show and just the world of Star Wars. And so um, maybe for those of you who have seen Clone Wars, how do you feel about it? For those of you who haven't seen Clone Wars, how do you feel about the Mortis gods being included in live-action Ahsoka? Uh, Question of the week right there. Let us know down in the YouTube comments, and we would love to respond to those comments in our next episode, which I should also mention, uh, Joey and I in our, I don't know, like 56 weeks of doing podcasting so far, I think have only taken maybe one or two breaks <laughs> of not doing a podcast in a, uh, in a certain week. And so um, next week, there will not be a new episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast. We are taking a one-week hiatus, uh, but we will return on, let's see, quick maths are failing me right now because we're at the end of the month of October and I can't adequately think of the next Thursday. It would be November 9th. So no podcast Thursday, November 2nd. Next episode of the Hot Hangout podcast will be on Thursday, November 9th. Um, so Joey and I are going to take a little break, enjoy some uh, Halloween season with family and friends. and All the um, pumpkin to, spice you want. Yes, try not to eat too much candy corn. and Candy uh, corn. In, <laughs> hey, are you a candy corn fan, by the way? I am yes not, or no? are you? Oh, I, I am not. So here's, here's, here's what I think. I can chow down on like, maybe 15 to 20 pieces of candy corn. You start to hit a point where you're like, this is not tasting good anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you eat, and then you eat like 25 to 30 and you're like, I feel awful right now. So <laughs> um, candy corn, I like the taste, just can't do a ton of it. Me personally. Yeah, I could do one. So 
<laughs> and then you're spitting it out. Yeah. I the way I eat candy corn is I get the bag and I open it and I tip it over into the garbage can and then go grab a Snickers. What about the what about the big orange pumpkins? Are oh, those better or worse? Those like the marshmallowy pumpkins, those? No, no, no. They're like the oh. same consistency as candy corn, but they're just bigger. Sounds terrible. <laughs> Why do I want a bigger version of something I don't like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, second question we're posing to everyone. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Is it candy corn? Because it better be. It's corn. <laughs> it's corn. Again, uh, no episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast on Thursday, November 2nd. Next episode following this one will be on Thursday, November 9th. We hope uh, to hear from you then. Look forward to doing that episode in two weeks' time. Remember, you can always check out the Hoth Hangout podcast on youtube subscribe over there for the video version thank you to the 340 of you who are currently subscribers we appreciate you so very much additionally you can always email us hothangout at gmail.com any of your star wars related questions or otherwise and we can break them down and cover them here on the podcast as well if you are an audio podcast listener you can catch the hot hangout podcast anywhere you get your podcasts including spotify and apple Leave us a five-star review on each of those platforms. We would very much appreciate it, as it does help the podcast out a ton. So thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. You can catch us on the socials at Hoth Hangout on Instagram, TikTok, and X. Check us out on each of those. Again, that's at Hoth Hangout. Uh, Gibbo wasn't with us for this one today, but we still want to give Gibbo a big thank you for producing the show, videos and assets, and Joey as well for because i know you did a lot of the show's uh <laughs> videos and assets for today's episode so uh shout out to all the production that goes on behind the scenes whether it be uh gibbo joey appreciate y'all and uh it's because of these awesome assets and videos and, and production that make the podcast look as good as it does so uh appreciate you joey shout out to you again i think this is the second or third podcast yeah. episode that you've kind of produced in a row yeah i think this i think it's a uh, yeah second or third that sounds about right yeah yeah uh and then again shout out to gibbo for being the 10th bet in our 10 team parlay <laughs> i don't i feel like that's an inside joke from TwitchCon, and i don't understand <laughs> well i'm just saying we, we just went to vegas that was that was awesome. oh yeah that's all that's about <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh shout out to dave filoni shout out to george lucas shout out to the mortis gods Thanks, y'all, so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate you so very much. We look forward to seeing or hearing from you in two weeks' time for our next episode. And until then, may the Force be with you.